0: I said we're so delighted to have and sister Kelly McGuire with us today and uh, I guess Kelly came as a student back at Gateway College of Evangelism when I was probably campus pastor I think it's been I think it's been that long uh, when I was campus pastor and uh, a quality Christian lady loves God and is an example of what it means to be a Christian, and we're so happy that she is here, and then, and then Michael, uh, we started attending the church where he grew up, I guess it's been over, it's been uh, 25 years ago now, so he was somewhere probably just shy of being a teenager when we first met him, comes from a great family, and uh they are pillars of the church there in St. Louis where we attended. And he's a great preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, uh, we didn't tell them this, but anytime we we talk about him and his preaching, Anthony, this is his first Sunday night with us, he's at college, but Anthony always remembers the sermon you preach about having a personal altar. That is stuck in his head. And uh, so he has endeavored to do that. And in part because of that message. But uh, Brother McGuire sees a, God has used him to see a number of people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and to see signs and miracles and wonders. And so when he told us he was going to be in town and wanted to come by, we were delighted for him to do that. And so we're going to open this pulpit right now. Actually, as we, as he's coming, we're going to dismiss the children as well to t- children's ministry. Would you welcome his, him as he comes to preach the word of God today?
1: good to see everyone here today, and it's good to be with the Blackburns. As he said, he was the campus pastor when my wife and I attended Gateway College of Evangelism, and it was actually part of our wedding as one of the ministers and was involved in that, and so we love the Blackburns so much, and it's good to see the Austins here today. Thank you, sir, for leading us in worship, and isn't God good? God is good, and I, I'm thankful for His presence that we feel here today. Amen. And there's nothing like the presence of the Lord. And where His presence is, anything can happen. If you've come in needing healing in your body, we're in the presence of the Lord, that can happen today. If you need a miracle in your family, that can happen today. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that can happen today because His presence and His power, is in this place. And I'm so thankful to God for his goodness, for his grace, and for his mercy, and for his love. His love is unconditional. We can't mess up too many times where he wouldn't love us. He always loves us, and I'm thankful for his love. I'm going to turn your attention to Joshua, just a few portions of scripture here. Joshua chapter 24, and starting in verse 14. This is the King James Version, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, he said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Not tomorrow, he said, you're going to choose today who you'll serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites whose land ye dwell, said, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. James chapter 4 and verse 13 says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. Tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. One more verse of Scripture, Psalm chapter 118 and 24 says, This is the day, say that with me, this is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And I want to preach to you this morning for a few minutes here on the power of today. The power. Of today, Would you set your Bibles down and would you lift your hands and your voices and ask the Lord to speak into your life? Lord, I thank you for your word that you've given us. And we know that it is anointed and it is powerful. And I pray, God, that our hearts and our minds would be open to receive your word. I pray that we would not only be hearers of your word, but God, let us be doers of your word. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word and your spirit. Would you clap your hands one more time before you're seated and praise them? Lord, we praise you, we honor you, and we lift up your name. Amen. And you may be seated. I failed to say it's wonderful to have my wife with me this morning. Glad she's here and with me this weekend, and we're, uh, we're delighted to be here at Cross Church. The enemy has two tools and, with two names that would keep you from doing the work of God. If possible, he would keep you from being what God has called you to be. He would stop you from being in the will of God. He would keep you from building the kingdom of God and keep you from growing in your relationship with God. Now, I haven't come to dwell on the enemy today, but I just want to talk about him for just a few minutes. The two, the two tools that he uses is yesterday and tomorrow. Yesterday and tomorrow. You see, if you will buy into what happened yesterday the failures that took place yesterday, the hurt and the pain that that happened yesterday, the things that you didn't do yesterday. If you would buy into yesterday's actions, what did or did not happen yesterday, you would have a pretty good excuse for today. The devil doesn't care what happened yesterday and And I believe that he isn't really worried about tomorrow because the only day that the devil fears is today and what you choose to do with today. You see, what happened yesterday is gone. All of your dreams and expectations and hope for tomorrow are unfulfilled. The only day that matters is today. Today is the day, and there is power in today. Somebody say today I've come to preach to you today that the only thing that matters is what you choose to do today. What you do in this service on this Sunday morning, today, will have an eternal consequence. I urge you and I implore you, make it count today. Choose to do it today. Today is the day. The first thing that the enemy will try to use to derail us from today as what took place yesterday. He will try to use our past to sidetrack us from today. And it's not always on failure, but on great victories that happened yesterday. I think that all of us can say that we, like all human beings, like to talk about the past, what happened in the past. This happened in the good old days or maybe what didn't happen in the past. And there is something that makes us as human beings feel the the warm fuzzies when we begin to reminisce about yesterday and the things that happened yesterday. And, you know, that's good, and that's okay, and I think we should be thankful for the past. But there is a difference... When we talk about the past and when we buy into the past and accept it and we think that today will never be like yesterday, today can never be like the past. Now I'm thankful for the great revival that happened yesterday and the years that followed us. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost outpouring that has happened across this country and across this world in the past. But I refuse to believe that the greatest revival was yesterday. I refuse to accept that the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost was yesterday. I refuse to accept that the most souls saved in one day was yesterday. I will not accept that the greatest churches that were built were built yesterday because God has given us today. God has given us today Now hear me, I I am thankful for the heritage. I am thankful for the great revivals that have swept across our world. But I believe that the greatest revival that has ever hit this world is going to happen today. The greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost is going to happen today. The greatest miracles, signs, and wonders are going to happen today. And the greatest part about all of that is you and I are going to be a part of that revival. We are going to be a part of it. David, the story of David, David, who wrote a lot of psalms, was a man after God's own heart. But as a boy, he was a shepherd boy. And many of you may know the story of David and Goliath. And David went to check on his brothers as his father had asked him to go check on his brothers. And as he got there to the battleground, the Bible says that uh, a giant named Goliath walked down and he began to scream a war cry. And uh, his war cry was, send me a man that we can fight together and uh, if your man is able to beat me, then the Philistines, we will be your servants." He said, but if I am able to defeat him, then you will be our servants. And then he he ended that with, I defy the armies of Israel this day, send me a man. And as David is standing there and he is listening to what is taking place around him, the Bible says that Goliath had done that for 40 days and 40 nights, two times for four, 40 times and uh, 80 times I guess he had said that. And, and uh, when David heard those words, he, he was taken back and he couldn't believe what he was hearing because this uh, giant, this enemy was defying the very army of God. David turned and he said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So David went to Saul and and he said, Saul, you don't have to worry anymore. You don't have to be afraid because I'm going to go fight this giant. And Saul and probably his, his brothers and everybody else around looked at this young man. And Saul said, you're not able to fight Goliath. He said, you are just a young man, just a youth, and and this giant Goliath is a man of war from his youth. But then David started reminiscing about what happened yesterday. David started reminiscing about what had happened in the past, and he said, well, everything's going to be okay, Saul, because you see, when I was keeping my father's sheep a lion came in and tried to take one of those sheep and he said, I grabbed him and I smote him. And then he said, there was another time King Saul when a bear came in to uh, take one of my father's sheep and he said, that wasn't going to happen and I, I went up against this bear and I grabbed him and I smote him. He said, the same God that helped me then, is going to help me now defeat this giant. What David was doing, he was using past victories and past testimonies to help him, to give him the faith to move forward. Now, we can't dwell in the past, but we must use past victories to give us faith to act today. I said, we can't buy into everything that happened before us, but we sure can go back to when God provided for us and when God healed us and God's been faithful to us and God's been by our side, and that is going to give us the faith and the confidence to face today. The enemy would like to use your past faults, your past failures, to rob you from what God has for you today. You see, what you did yesterday is gone. Who you were yesterday is gone. And the only thing that matters is what are you going to do and be today? Now, not one of us is perfect in this room. If you're perfect, would you lift your hand? No, nobody lifted their hand. We're, you know... Nobody's lying today, so we're good. I didn't see any halos over your head. None of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. The fact of the matter is, every one of us in this room messes up. Every one of us makes mistakes. Not one of us is perfect. But if you truly love God and you are sincerely sorry The Bible tells us that when we mess up and when we make mistakes, that we can repent and yesterday's mistakes are no more. Are you thankful for repentance? Now, repentance is not just coming, not just going in prayer and saying, God, I'm sorry for, uh, you know, this or that what I've done wrong, this sin or that song, please, this sin or that sin, and and please forgive me. I mean, it is that. But repentance requires us to take action. Repentance isn't just asking God to forgive us, it is that. But repentance is saying, that is who I used to be. That is what I have done in the past and no longer am I going to be that person and no longer am I going to do that thing, but I'm going to turn the complete opposite direction and I'm going to go this direction. You see, it's, uh, repentance is not coming to an altar or in a time of prayer and saying, God, I'm sorry for sinning and then going out the next day and doing it again. Now, I did say that sometimes we fail and sometimes we mess up and sometimes we make mistakes, but true repentance is saying, God, I'm sorry I messed up and that is not who I want to be and that is not what I want to do and I am sorry and I'm going to turn this direction and walk towards you. That is true repentance. And the Bible says that when we repent that God will forgive our sin. God will forgive us. A little bit about my family. My grandpa McGuire, was just my father's father, was a high-ranking member in the military. And he was one of 30 advisors in the Vietnam War. And... Uh, my dad told me, you know, stories of his childhood and and when my grandpa wasn't overseas fighting, that he was in the bar. And if my dad ever needed money or needed to ask him a question when my grandpa was in the country, he knew that if he went down to the corner bar, that is where my grandpa would be. My grandpa was a very stern, strict man. And he never said, I love you, to his family. He never said, I love you, to my dad. It was always a shake of the hand. Hey, son, how you doing? That's all it was. It was never a hug. It was never an I love you. And so I don't have time to tell my my whole family story this morning, but my dad also followed his dad and went into the military when he was a teenager. And, and uh, a man witnessed to him while he was in the military, and my dad... Uh, was saved in the military. So after my dad got out of the military, he was trying to tell my grandpa about God and about God's love and about uh, repentance and about forgiveness of sin. And And my grandpa always said, Mike, don't talk to me about God. I don't want to hear about repent. I don't want to hear anything about God. And the reason for that was my grandpa said that he had killed too many men and he had done too many bad things, and war that God could never forgive him. And so years later, we got a call from my aunt, and she called my dad, and she said, Mike, your, your dad is dying. He's in the hospital. He's dying. He's not going to make it. Would you please fly out? They lived in Tucson, Arizona. And would you bring your black suit because we want you to preach the funeral. And my dad, I remember this as a little boy. This was a long time ago. And I remember uh, being in my room downstairs and my dad getting that call. And I remember my dad in his bedroom down on his knees begging and crying after God that God would give him one last chance to tell his dad about God's love. So my mom and my dad and I flew to Tucson, Arizona and My grandpa was in the hospital, and when my dad walked into the hospital, the first thing that Glenn McGuire said, he looked at my dad and he pointed at him and he said, 19 years ago, you told me you saw the light. What about it? And it was through that time that my dad began to tell him about repentance. My dad began to tell him that there was not too many things that he had done that were so wrong that God couldn't forgive him, but that God's love was unconditional. There were no conditions on it, and that God could uh, save him and would forgive him. And my my grandpa, in his 80s, began to repent of his sins, and, and they had this tub there in the hospital. They wheeled it and they filled it, full of water, and he went down, and he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins. And something happened in my grandpa, and he began to get better, and he began to get better, and we finally left. And as we left, um. He began to attend a church there in Tucson, Arizona. And it was one morning on a Sunday morning, he came from the back of the church, wheeling down in his wheelchair in his 80s, lifted his hands, and God baptized him with the power of the Holy Ghost. There was a great revival that happened in my grandpa's life. You see, no longer was he the same man that he used to be, but he was a completely different person. He smiled. He talked to everybody about this change. It was evident. It was not a question to his family, are we going to church? It was That military was still in him. You better get dressed because we're going to church this morning. 25 people because of that man in our family were repented and were baptized and filled with the power of the Holy Ghost because one man decided that God can forgive me. I've come this morning to tell you that story to tell you this, that there is nothing that you have done that God will not forgive because God's love is unconditional and His grace and His mercy is to us and for us. There is hope for everybody under the sound of my voice. If you're watching online, there is hope for everybody. And there is no sin too great that God cannot forgive. If you have not repented of your sins, today, we're talking about today. Today is the day. The Bible says that you must be baptized in Jesus' name. And this uh, baptism is resembles the burial of Jesus, The this whole gospel message, the death, burial, and resurrection. So when we repent, we're saying that we're dying out to those sins. We're, we're dying out to the old man. And, and then when we go down and we've got a baptismal tank here, when we go down and baptism in Jesus' name, we're being buried, and those sins are being buried. Now, when a person dies, they get the casket and they, they put the casket six feet down or sometimes even further than that. And sometimes you'll see, you know, some people will throw dirt on there, a little bit of dirt. But after you leave, they get the excavators, they get the shovels, and they begin to bury the person that has died. They bury that dirt. They put that dirt over that casket and they bury it. Why do they do that? They do that one for the stench, um, and secondly, they do that, and they did that in the old days because uh, they didn't do casts all the time, and so they didn't want animals coming and digging uh, those remains up. When we're baptized in Jesus' name, it's just like a burial. We don't get a little bit of water and, and sprinkle it on somebody because that's not what burial is, but we go down all the way under the water In the name of Jesus Christ, and when we do that, uh, our sins are buried uh, in a watery grave. Are you thankful for that today? If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, today is the day. Now, we can think about our past, and we can think about, well, we can do it tomorrow, but we can't dwell on the past, and we sure can't count on tomorrow. We've got to take advantage of today, and today is the day. There is power in today. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 says, Know ye not that unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Paul begins with a bold list here of Scripture of what is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. It says, Know ye not that uh, unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? He said, Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, he goes through a list of things that aren't going to make it to heaven. But I love this third verse here. He says, And such were some of you, but you have been washed, and you have been sanctified, and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. What Paul was saying is, that might have been in your past, The things that you, who you were and the things that happened might have been in your past, but they are no more because you have been washed and you've been justified and you've been sanctified. Are you thankful today that we don't have to live in the past and in our past, but when God forgives us that we are a new creation? Your past does not dictate your future. I have seen this too many times, that people buy into their past, and they let their failures and their past dictate who they're going to be and what they're going to be. Your past does not dictate who you are today. Colossians 6 and 2, for he, sa- for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, Now is the day of salvation. Today is a new day. Today is a new day. The only day that matters right now is today. Today is the day of salvation. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you've never spoken in that heavenly language, today is the day. You see... The Holy Ghost, and some people think this, that the Holy Ghost is just a, a one-way ticket to heaven. And if I get the Holy Ghost, then I'm good to go. I'm going to heaven. And while the Holy Ghost is part of the plan of salvation, the Holy Ghost is much more than that. You see, the Holy Ghost is the power in, of God inside of us to help us overcome sin. Hear me today, the the opportunity to sin does not vanish. And just because yesterday we've repented of our sins and God has forgiven us does not mean that the opportunity to sin is not gone. The opportunity to sin is still around us. So we must make the choice to forsake sin, but on our own to forsake sin, it is impossible. I've seen so many people try to, they they come to an altar, and they repent of their sins, and they walk out, and they try to do it on their own. Hear me, somebody. It is impossible to overcome sin on your own. You must have the Holy Ghost inside of us to empower us to overcome sin. I'm going to tell two stories really quick. What time is it? 1130. All right. My dad real quickly, my dad, I told you his family lifestyle, so you know uh, what he went through as a young boy. And then as a teenager, my dad uh, began to be involved in drugs. My dad became an alcoholic. My dad uh, um, smoked three packs of cigarettes a day in his teen years, and then he went into the military. He got in some trouble in the military, and um, uh, he punched one of the, uh, one of his officers, actually, and they were going to probably kick him out of the military. But they told him, uh, you've got to stay in your barracks. The only thing that you can do to come out of the barracks is if you go to church. So my dad said, well, I'm not sitting here all day long. So he went to church. And as he walked into the church, there was a young man there that witnessed to him and that was talking to him and, and trying to help him a little bit. And they were, they went out for a drive and and they were in a little tiny Ford Pinto. And uh uh, they said to my dad, they had stopped, and they said to my dad, they said, Mike, do you want to receive power to overcome sin and, and the addictions that are in your life? And my dad said, he said he had cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve right here, and he said, uh, he, he, he was an alcoholic, and he was on drugs, but he said, yes, I, I need something to help me overcome this sin. And so they asked him to lift his hands, and he said they were in that little Ford Pinto, so his hands were about like this tall because of the windshield that was right there. And and, uh, he had his hands lifted, and he began to repent of his sins. And all of a sudden, the power of God swept in that car, and my dad began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave him the utterance. Now, my dad stopped, and he looked at everybody around him, and, and they said they never told him They never said Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. They never said nothing about speaking in tongues. They asked him if he wanted to receive power to overcome sin in his life, and he said yes. Little did he know that that was the power of the Holy Ghost that that fell upon him, and God saved him. He was filled with the Holy Ghost, and he's a preacher of the gospel to this day. My brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, Uh, which is Kelly's sister's husband, Jared. They attend a church in Tampa, Florida, and uh, his name is, um, I just had a, Jared, his name is Jared, brain block there. Jared, they they go to a really great church. In fact, um, her sister is is on the staff at the church, and um, so we were spending Christmas with them last year, and we were all, we stayed up late. Us siblings and we were talking uh, to each other and, and we started talking about the Holy Ghost and, and we started talking about speaking with other tongues. And if you've never done that, this isn't a weird deal. This, this is in the Bible. And I know this pastor preaches from the Word of God. It's a real experience. And so we were talking to Jared a little bit about uh, the Holy Ghost and about speaking with other tongues. And he said, well, I don't know about all that. And uh, so I asked, just asked him, well, well, what are you not sure of about that? And, and he told me, uh, you know, some, some things that had happened and why he wasn't sure of it. And so I just opened the scripture and began to show him all the people that were receiving the Holy Ghost and the Bible were speaking with other tongues. And so after he saw that, he said, wow, I, I, I never knew that. And so Kelly said to him, she said, Jared, have you ever felt anything like that before? And he said, well, I have been praising, and I I, I feel like I have felt the Spirit of God. And she said, the next time that happens, you just open yourself up to what you're feeling. Just let God do what He's going to do in your life. And so... She said, we want you to call us, though, when this happens to you next time. And it wasn't just a, a couple of months later that we got a FaceTime call from her sister. And Kelly answered it, and we were sitting in the kitchen. And, and she said, we've got something to tell you. We went on a little church retreat. And as they were singing and worshiping, Jared said, I begin to lift my hands to begin to praise God. And all of a sudden, something happened to me. And I begin to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Everybody, somebody, the Holy Ghost is real. It's a real experience. It is power to overcome sin in your life. And if you haven't received it, today is the day. And I'll go this far. If you have received it, today is a good day to be refilled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Cedric, would you come? I'm closing. You can stand with me. Tomorrow can be an enemy Of today we talked about yesterday tomorrow can be an enemy of today you and I have dreams of tomorrow we have hopes of tomorrow we have things we want to see happen tomorrow but it happens oh so many times that we wait and watch and dream about tomorrow without ever focusing on today. We can't wait to see what will happen tomorrow, what God will do tomorrow, what our successes in life will be tomorrow. We emphasize tomorrow most times more than today. Don't shove all your dreams and all of your hopes into tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come. It's time that we start focusing on today. Don't say when or when I, when I get out of debt or when I get well or when I get home or when I get a spouse or you may never get those things. Don't live in the future. The future is not where God blesses. God blesses now. God heals in the present. God performs miracles today. God loves us today. God helps us today. It is today. There is power in today. God blesses us in the now and in the present. The psalmist said, this is the day that the Lord has made. He said, and I'm not going to wait till tomorrow, but he said, I will rejoice and I will be glad in it because this is the day that God has given me. Today is all we have. Tomorrow is not promised. Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Can I say that don't wait to get right with God tomorrow. It may never come. Do it today. Don't wait to be a soul winner tomorrow. Start today. Don't wait to be a prayer warrior tomorrow. Start today. Don't wait to be an intercessor. Start today. Don't wait to build the the kingdom of God tomorrow. Do the work of God today. Don't wait to, to forgive a friend or family member tomorrow. Hear me, somebody. We're not promised tomorrow. The Bible says, and we read it earlier, that our life is like a vapor. It is here today, and it could be gone tomorrow. So we've got to focus on today. Don't wait to get rid of bitterness tomorrow. Do it today. Don't wait to release your hurt and pain tomorrow. There is power in today. You see... You can leave your failures failures in the past. You can leave your dreams in the future. And we can get up and live today like today is our only day. Because there is power in today. Would you lift your hands all over and just ask God to begin to speak into your heart? Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for the blessing that so many times I don't take advantage of, and that is the power of today. I pray, God, that you would help us and that you would work in us, uh, that you would move in our hearts and our lives. I'm getting ready to ask you, and I'd like everybody that, that would to come to the front and pray and hear just a minute. But there are people in this congregation, I felt this in prayer, that have let their past dictate their future. What has happened yesterday has kept you from fulfilling the will of God in your life today. God is going to help you and it is time for you to take advantage of that help today. Maybe you have uh, dealt with hurt or bitterness or unforgiveness. Today is the day for you to bring all of that to the altar and to lay that down at the altar and say, God, I need your help. I need you to start the healing process in my life today. Finally, if you have not repented of your sins, don't wait till tomorrow. Don't push that off to tomorrow. Do it today. If you've not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, now, And I know that we can have all kinds and sorts of excuses of why we haven't done that or why we're going to wait. But hear this preacher today. Don't put that off to tomorrow. Do that today. Today there is power in today. And if you have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, don't wait till tomorrow. Don't focus on yesterday, but don't wait on tomorrow. Today, the power of the Holy Ghost can be and should be outpoured upon your life. Would you you mind coming forward to the altar? And as you do that, would you begin to lift your hands and just lift your voices? And and maybe you want to lay some things down at the altar. Maybe you've got pain or hurt or bitterness or unforgiveness. God, I lay it down at the altar and I pray that you would help me and heal me and, and work in my life. Uh, God, uh, if you need to repent, uh, it's easily. Lord, I'm sorry. Uh, I've messed up. Uh, I haven't done what I know I'm supposed to do, but I ask that you would forgive me and that you would help me today. I'm not going to be the same person I was yesterday, but I'm going to be a new person today. Uh, if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, you ought to just lift your hands uh, and begin to tell God that you need Him in your life. Lord, I need you in my life. Uh, God, I want your spirit in my life. I want the power of the Holy Ghost to fall fresh on me. I need you today. I can't go another day without you. Begin to worship him and begin to praise him and see what he will do in your life.